Blog Talk Radio. Welcome you, whether you're joining in live or in the future via the podcast, because there is no separation of space or of time and wherever you are in the world. I hope this program today, which is coming straight from my heart, will inspire you and give you courage. As I've talked about a number of times on this program, I have walked a very interesting spiritual path which combines many elements and has given me the opportunity to reflect on many things. And I hope that today, no matter what your spiritual path, or even if you're not on any spiritual path at all consciously, if you prefer to feel independent of that, I hope that at least part of this broadcast will speak to your heart because it is intended to be on the bridge between us, which I feel is so very important in these days that we can come together and understand one another better and see nuggets of wisdom in things that we can share. Today, I rather spontaneously last night actually chose to make this program about the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, you will recognize, they are also known as coming from the Sermon on the Mount. And they are a particularly um, inspiring and oft-repeated passage that traditionally comes from Matthew 3. Some people will say Matthew 1, and it goes through verse 11, and we're going to go a little beyond the traditional Beatitudes into a few verses beyond that. And again, let me be clear that no matter what your path is, I hope that this speaks to you, and I also honor that you have a particular interpretation and way of looking at these verses as well. And as I've said Many times, although um, I was not a part of his church, my my grandfather was an evangelical minister, and so I've certainly felt that influence. And then I've also 
looked at many other ways of considering spirituality and most of all that concept that God is love, which is not in this passage and yet is everywhere in every passage and in every life and in everything we do. There is no place we can be that is separated from divine love. And it's important for us to be reminded of that because I know this is a daunting time in which we're living. And I have some visibility into other parts of the world where people are listening. And in some cases, I can't even imagine what you may be experiencing. But what we can know is no matter where we are right now, we're we're still going through unprecedented times for our own personal experience because life is very personal and what you're accustomed to and how you can feel the difference right now in what you know so many are encountering in life, not to belittle just how challenging it is for um, a number of people, far more than we could ever even imagine, um, perhaps even with some of our difficulties here in the United States, where I am. And a shout-out to Blog Talk Radio. I do hope some of you are spontaneously joining live today because I'm just so happy once again to be Um, on the front page while live. So if you're just coming to this show and you haven't been here before, welcome. This is a program that aims to speak to your heart, speak to you in ways that will truly um, uplift you and change your life over time, even if it's just a little bit of, of a time. That's the intent of these words today. So I'm going to start with reading this passage, which is, um, again, in the book of Matthew. I'll start at the beginning, verse 1. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, I'm going to stop right there. Did you hear that? He sat down. He sat down. When we're talking to one another in the space of seeking true compassion and understanding, rather than standing up and shouting, we can sit down together and talk. And yes, they are referring to Jesus in this passage. He sat down to talk and to teach. That's a beautiful thing in itself and a lesson for many of us. You will find that this passage has a lot to say about if we're doing something out of a space of ego or a space of humility. And we'll enter into the next passage, which is very relevant to that. These are the, this is the beginning of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I might be able to spend almost the entire episode talking about this particular verse. I won't, but one could. What is, what is he saying? What is this passage saying here? Is it 
suggesting that there's some poverty, some lack when we talk about the poor in spirit. There are different interpretations. And by the way, I have not done an extensive study of this. No doubt I heard it many times in church years ago. This is a a free-flowing exploration of how this speaks to us in this moment. The poor in spirit, and I did happen to see this flash by last night on the Internet, and I agree, suggests humility, suggests letting go of the ego, suggests letting go of I'm this or I'm that or I have this or I have that. Letting that go, letting that go, feeling humility, Showing humility. When you have humility in your spirit, no matter what you do, you will reach out naturally to others. You will be a natural leader if you so choose that path because you won't be afraid to admit if something has gone wrong. Anyone who has led knows that challenge. You know, it's always hard because our egos don't want to admit that maybe we didn't see it the right way before. Even on our own personal journeys and explorations, so many times we change and we shift and we we change what we're feeling. We change how we view something. We might read the same passage again and again And even throughout our lives, and every time we read it, it is different because we've changed. Can we honor our changes? Can we honor being who we are at a particular time? Maybe we don't know it all. Can we admit it? I surely hope that you don't think you know it all. What all is is quite an interesting thing as well. What is all? And there's another verse we've talked about there, but we'll stay away from that for now. Humility. What I see suggested in this verse is a space of stillness. They had sat down to listen. No matter how you view the context of this passage, and I'm well aware there are many different belief systems, many different ways of looking at this, I know there are skeptics out there who question a lot of things. I'm not here to push anything on you here. I'm here to help you to consider that as a teaching passage, what is this saying? They're sitting down together, sharing, and they're talking about kind of taking off those garments of flash and you know, showing up each other up and, you know, always having to be right. None of that. You don't need that. And when you let that go, when you find that space of stillness and of humility, do you discover? What does it say? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, of course, there are other verses, and we talked about another one a few shows ago about that I'll say it right here because it refers quite directly 
This one is Luke 17.20. Let's do a reference to this verse. I'm going to spend a bit of time on this first verse. It's important. So Luke 17.20 says, Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. How do we discover the kingdom of heaven? This verse describes that divine place, that place of the all, the real all, not the kind where we're just, you know, arguing and thinking and debating. I mean, sure, there's some place for that. I do it too. And, you know, we're all human beings. But where are we really going to find that stillness that space, that openness, that heart place. It's not in the space of the ego. It's in the space of quiet, of peace, of listening, of accepting, of humility. That's what poor in spirit means to me. Let's go to the next verse now. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This is a very empathic verse, but what it's saying is we are not alone. We are not alone. What is the greatest comfort that we can feel is knowing that this existence is not just a stark thing that ends and that's it. I happened to be driving earlier and I turned on a CD and once again Kansas was on. I did a whole show on a song from Kansas and the song that was playing was Dust in the Wind. And although I do happen to know that Kansas actually has some real spiritual leanings, and that song has a lot to say about possessions, too, that, you know, um, and also life itself, when they say, all your money won't another minute buy, that's a very powerful part of this song by Kansas, and that all we are is dust in the wind. There is power in not diminishing yourself as dust, because you that kingdom of heaven, that's within you. You have within you and you are one with everything because it's impossible for there to be an omnipresent divine, a divine that is present everywhere without it being in you. But so often, going back to the previous verse, we take that in an egoic way and say, when we say I am, we mean it. I, I, I. It's not about I, although you are very special. You are special. You don't have to lose yourself either. But it's not that egoic, um, desperate, uncomfortable, dreadful I, the kind that just you always feel awful when you're in that space. You don't feel right in that space. There is a space where you're happy that, you know, maybe you've worked really hard on something and you've accomplished it and, hey, you 
did it. You did it. That's a good eye. There's nothing wrong with that. But this lording over everybody, that's not helpful. And back to the the purpose of this verse, those who mourn. My heart goes out to those of you who have lost loved ones recently. It's been a very difficult year. Some may even know or be one of the people impacted by the situation in Afghanistan right now, which is horrendous. When we hear about things going on there, when we hear, it can make us wonder if there could ever be a divine at all. In fact, that is the main path to atheism. It's so difficult to reconcile the violence in our world. So difficult. And that big question, as I like to call it, it's the biggest question, like why? Why do we? does this happen? Why are we even here amid all this stuff? I mean, why is this happening? Some really awful things are happening to people who are in Afghanistan right now. And, you know, if you look a little bit, you'll find some of it. And some of it you don't even want to hear. It's just so difficult. And, you know, we need to be honest about what's happening to people in all parts of the world. So often we flee from it, we run from it, we deny it. That's not helpful, and it's not in that space of humility. So I feel for those who mourn. And this verse says, This wisdom of the divine, this wisdom of the kingdom of heaven will comfort you no matter what. I lived part of my life without fully having this spiritual assurance. And I had to go through a difficult experience, and I wouldn't even be here now if talking to you if not for my own awakening experience. Spirituality did call out to me, but I just... It was very cerebral for me, and I was trying to know the answer. What is the answer? What is true? What is, you know, and I don't, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't resonate. And there was just so much struggle. And there's, it's okay to be discerning. In fact, it's very important. I've done a program on discernment as well. But the thing is, when you have that spiritual awareness no matter what happens to you in life, you will be comforted because you will know it. And it changes everything. It changes the way we are, the way we feel, our empathy. No, we're not perfect human beings. Of course not. We all have our lapses into ego and criticism and all of that. It happens. But we come back. It calls us back. It calls us back to our center, to that place of openness, that place where we are not in poverty of spirit, but in stillness of spirit, because we don't need all the rest. We can just listen and feel and know that the kingdom of heaven is right here, right here. No matter what is going on, it's right here. Next verse. 
Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, isn't that an astonishing verse? And no doubt many of us have heard these verses. How in the world would the meek, M-E-E-K, inherit the earth? You mean to tell me the, you know, the warlords and the, you know, the, the controlling people and the egoic people, wouldn't they inherit the earth? I mean, they're just going to take it, right? They'll just take it. They'll just, they, they won't inherit any. They'll just take it. They, what's the, what are the meek going to do? How are the meek going to inherit it? Once again, it's speaking to who we can be and who we are. I am moving soon, and I may um, interrupt this broadcast briefly during that process, and I'm moving really quite miraculously once again to near open space, near entirely open space, as open as it gets. And I'm really looking forward to it. But what I want to say about that is how do we inherit the earth? What does it mean to inherit the earth? Does that mean you're controlling it? Does that mean the wealth that, does that mean the gold that's in the earth? Uh Uh-uh, I don't think so. The meek, the quiet, the listeners, those who go out into nature will see things that you just don't see in any other way. It can happen in the city, too. An eagle may appear. I've been seeing a lot of eagles and hawks. I'll be seeing more of those where I'm going. And, you know, I came from a place that was much like this. And right now I happen to find myself in the city. And soon I won't be in the city anymore. And I'm really looking forward to that because I know what it's like, not in an egoic way, but in a quiet, accepting way to inherit the earth. It means that you see it. It means that you see the miracles that are within this wonderful, amazing place. If you go out into nature quietly, it's not about control, that's for sure, and surrender. Some might call this, you know, Through the years, people have gone on shamanic journeys into spaces, into the wilderness, and I'm not asking you to do that. Just go for a walk in the park or anywhere. Go on your balcony if you're in the city and look up at the sky. Quiet yourself. Be still and observe. Those who go into nature often do see amazing things. I have seen so many Um, little miracles, things that are just amazing, where things would just show up, deer would show up, and you'd be looking in their eyes. Or the eagles. I saw a lot of eagles. And one could interpret this verse, and I haven't looked. Truthfully, I haven't looked how one might interpret it, how everybody else might have interpreted it. I haven't looked at that. I saw a flash of the humility thing on the other one, but that was my first instinct too. My first instinct here is inheriting the earth, is seeing it, is 
feeling it, is knowing it, and also it's a part of the kingdom of heaven because you will feel inseparable from it even as you are yourself and a special created being every bit as much as anything you encounter. Never diminish yourself so much that you lose yourself because you're here for a reason. And I know that some people in the spiritual community take a bit of a different view of that. I'm not saying that you can't feel your oneness with the divine, your one with the universe experience, so to speak, or with the multiverse. But the key is you are here on a soul journey, and we lose track of that far too often. And your own story actually does matter as long as you don't let it drag you down. And you will naturally because you're having a human experience. It will drag you down sometimes. So our goal is to work on lightening that load. And if we quiet ourselves, and we are meek, M-E-E-K, and we go out into nature. Here's another way of looking at that, honoring its power. Nature is very powerful, not in an egoic way. It is the multiverse expressed through the planet. And when we quiet ourselves, we can marvel at the gifts it has to give. That is a beautiful inheritance. You don't have to have a penny and you can inherit what that is. Keep going. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That word righteousness may make you know, I, I think it kind of grates against people sometimes. It feels it. It remind. It makes us feel um, that we are imperfect human beings, and we are imperfect human beings. So don't get too caught up in the word and how if it pushes at you. Maybe you've been in church and it didn't resonate at all, and that word just pushed you away. Let it go. Let the word go, and think about what it means to simply be a decent human being, to be a good person, to be an empathic person, to be a caring person. You won't be a perfect person, but you can keep refining your ways of life so that you live more and more in a caring way. To me, it's the most important thing. It's not about ego. It's not about saying, look what I'm like. Look what I did. Look how good I am. Look at all I gave to this charity. There's another verse about that, how you should just hide what you give. No, it's not about ego or look at me. It's about genuinely, and this is what we hope that our children would feel as well. We look at the path ahead of us and we navigate it in the way that we feel is the most um, caring, caring for ourselves and for others, because it's both. You know, you can totally destroy your own life, and that actually will impact other people too. And sometimes, you know, we have to evaluate what is the right decision on a particular path. 
what is the most caring for everyone around us and for ourselves? And it may not be in any given thing what they say, what this says, what that says. What does it mean to just simply aim to be a good person? It says that you will be filled if you hunger and thirst for this. You'll feel good. You feel better. Everybody feels better. I don't know. You see, I I just can't even imagine how people who seem really caught up in themselves and in greed or in deception or in all kinds of negative, harmful things, both for themselves and for other people, do they really feel good when they go to sleep at night? I mean, I suppose some could be psychopathic and not have any sense of feeling at all. But most people would not feel good. Most people have been hurt or they've been trapped or something put them in that space. That's what I feel. Because when we really seek to simply live a good life where we take care of ourselves, we take care of our children, and we care about other people, That's a noble goal. And when you seek that more and more, even if you have no other possessions or whatever, you may not have that um, flashy career. You know, sometimes when you rise in different positions, you're asked to compromise your values. And, you know, is that really worth it? Because you can be filled When you walk a path where every day you adjust, you say, darn, I made that mistake. Gosh, I wish I hadn't been so critical here. Or, you know, you may see places where, you know, they have totally misinterpreted what is actually caring versus not. And, you know, this is judgmental or that is judgmental. And I don't want to be in that space. It feels good when you're walking a path where you're seeking to do what what is good, seeking to, to do what is compatible with the light and not with darkness. There's another way of putting it. I know there's a lot of talk about duality. What does it mean? Light is really all there is. Darkness is just an absence of it to different degrees, but light is what there is. And so we seek to live in a way that is more compatible with the light. And you know what? One of the things I did learn in my upbringing, and we're far too judgmental, when we've made mistakes, and everybody has made mistakes, you can't dwell on them. Who are you now? Are you that person who did that? Will you do that again? Maybe you learned something. Move forward. Seek to be a better person. And maybe you didn't understand something. So many times things happen in life where there's there's so many different circumstances that influence people. And a lot of times, I mean, even teenagers, you may be young and a teen and you're being pressured to do things that don't feel right. Peer pressure is a very nefarious thing. And it can really do harm at times. 
let it go. If you're someone else, if you know who you are now, and if you're saying, you know, I really see, I don't want to be like those people. I don't see that they're happy. You look at some of the people around you, the people who only care about status or who are really, you know, judgmental or whatever. I don't want to be that way. Then keep pursuing what you know is a way that is more compatible with the light and not the darkness. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Wow. Couldn't we learn a lot from that? That is about forgiveness. That is about if you're wronged, forgiving, being merciful, not like nailing people. You know, we live in a horrible culture right now, popular culture, where all day long people are trying to nail others to the wall. The criticism is intense, and it's also like some kind of competition, like who can be more clever in the way that they do it? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Sadly, that isn't always true in real life. Maybe ultimately that's true. I believe everyone will be shown mercy. That's my belief. But perhaps in life you will see it more when you yourself are that person. That doesn't mean that you let people walk all over you. Forgiving doesn't mean saying, it doesn't mean agreeing. doesn't mean you say, well, you know, yeah, you did this awful thing, whatever, and I'm just going to say that was, that was right and go on. No, no. Being merciful is saying, it's looking at the people and saying, this person is very confused, or this person was really hurt, or this person is in a very violent society, or, you know, something bad happened and they've been trapped, or they were pressured, or they just were confused, or they just didn't see the way. Can they change? Believe in the ability of people to change. That is so important because. A day will come when you'll want to be granted that mercy from someone else that you would hope would forgive you for something because we're not perfect. And we just stay on that road to seeking to be the best that we can be compatible with the light. Blessed are the pure in my, in heart will see God. That's a pretty amazing verse. What does it mean? What does it mean to be pure in heart? The more that the unnecessary things, what does it mean to be impure versus pure? Well, purity is more free of the distractions the things that muddy the waters, so to speak. It's a clear mountain stream. The more clarity that we feel, the more clarity, 
And yes, that has a lot to do with the light. The more we will become aware that the divine God, spirit, the multiverse is all around us, is everywhere. And if we've become quiet enough to feel that inheritance that the earth has to give to every one of her earthly children, what a life that would be. So many of us on a spiritual path, believe me, I would not be here talking to you if I had not glimpsed just how powerful and how amazing the spiritual path is, both when we're in wilderness walking and observing the earth. You don't have to walk. Again, you can just look at the sky wherever you are. I've been in situations where a loved one was in the hospital and looking out the window was all it took. It may just be a plant in the room. It may be on the television. I experienced this too where they were showing nature pictures. If you're in the hospital with someone or if you yourself are in the hospital, turn on that nature channel. I hope they all have them, all hospitals, because it will help you to heal. The more that we remove from our hearts, from our lives, the distractions, the more we will become aware of the omnipresent divine. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. To be pure in heart is to love. And we are taught in another place and in many places that God is love. So, of course, the more loving you become, the pure in heart, loving, the more you will observe the love that's all around you. And what is that love and within you? That's the divine. That's the multiverse. That is the true nature of all that is. Everything else is an impurity. It is a distraction. And we may not be perfect, and we are not in this world. But we can have glimpses of that purity. And they are miraculous, and it changes everything, no matter what you are going through. It changes everything. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. The path to peace is a very challenging one, of course. Look at what we're going through right now. I mean, what a challenging, challenging situation in Afghanistan. What is a person to do? There have been many mistakes made. But it's not an easy picture. And now people are being trampled in awful ways. And our hearts go out to these people who are suffering. And it's happening in other parts of the world. And it's happened before in places like Rwanda. It could happen here if our hate grows so strong that that's all we see. The peacemakers are what I'm doing right now. 
I'm dismantling those feelings that are dividing us. I'm taking a passage that maybe at first you thought, I don't want to hear that. I don't I don't listen to passages from, from those areas. I don't listen I'm you know, maybe that's how you feel, but this is an expansive exploration on the bridge. You may have a more specific exploration of it, as no doubt my grandfather would have. Here is a place where we can sit together and find some shared wisdom. Nobody's standing and shouting or we're just sitting here together. So seeking peace, making peace, being a peacemaker, even while not Allowing yourself to be totally trampled or others, that's not so good either. We're in a real mess of a world. But our goal needs to ultimately be peace because that's what we really want. What is the kingdom of heaven? And we're not going to find it unless we we help to we aim towards that light. More of us seek it. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, how many times in our world has someone suffered who didn't deserve it? A good person, someone who was aiming to be good. There were days in the past when some of those people were burned at the stake. And yet all they were doing was harmless. They were so many times when things happen in our world, lies are at the center of it, lies about people, lies about society, lies about groups, misconceptions. Where if you get below that, because it's just so easy to get all caught up in that, You see the real people, and maybe you can start to understand why they are who they are. Why this, you know, this group of people who've studied this believe this, while that group of people are like this. It helps with the understanding. So often we view issues in a very one-dimensional way. We don't go deeper. It doesn't mean that you are necessarily going to agree with other people, but it'll change your perception when you have a deeper understanding of, wow, you know, that issue is really nuanced. I didn't see those aspects. It really helps us to understand one another. And it is part of peacemaking to look for that. And there is persecution in this world. There is religious persecution. In fact, one of the really harsh things happening in Afghanistan right now and in some other parts of the world, and it's not often reported, is people of the Christian faith are being persecuted in those areas because they're not compatible with the more dominant Islam that is in the area. There are so many misunderstandings between belief systems There are people, certainly, within every belief system that seek peace, that seek to know and have an awareness of the love that surrounds us all. That is our goal. Persecuting anyone is a bad idea. Anyone 
it leads to places that we don't want to go. It leads to the areas where over and over again humanity has failed and we've failed one another. There's always a better way. And yes, there can be people, and it's happening every day within the world. Your path is one that is aligned as much as it can be with the light, with the divine. Thank you, live audience. I know you're leaving me. You can listen to the rest in the archive. Thanks for being here. Um, of course. And this verse, just as another verse comforted those who mourn, is comforting you if you have experienced injustice. If you have, you are being persecuted and it isn't fair. It's never fair. And it's especially unfair if a good person is suffering for a reason that is false. That's what persecution is. And in general, we should all be seeking better ways in our society to deal with everything that ails us. Why would, you, why would theirs be the kingdom of heaven? Well, that's a good question. Because if they can persevere through feeling that injustice... There's a way of going beyond when people are showing lack of mercy, when people are behaving horribly, horribly. There is always the kingdom of heaven, and you are not separated from it. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'm broadening this a bit to the entire spiritual community right now, which includes multiple belief systems. I see tremendous judgment of those in the spiritual community every day. Mockery, derision, people saying it should just be eliminated. They've never seen the truth and the reality of spirituality, of our paths. They've never had an awakening, and so they deny it. It frightens them, perhaps, because they've defined it in some way that maybe isn't even true, which is often the case. This kind of derision towards spirituality, probably the most harmful thing to our path forwards. Because once you've been on a spiritual path and you've seen what you've seen and you know what you know, you realize that it's like having your blinders off and to discard that, which is so real and contains the very potential that we have, every possible potential, to discard that and mock that and throw it away would be 
to hobble humanity. We've already hobbled humanity. You know what it means to to hobble someone. There was that horrible movie I can hardly even think about. I think it was called Misery, where this woman hobbles this author where he can't walk. She's trying to keep him from escaping, and it basically, you know, it damages you forever and you limp the rest of your life. That's what's happening to humanity when we allow the materialist to be the only dominant view and we even participate with saying that spirituality is false, even though we know it is true. Even though we've seen evidence of it, we've seen the synchronicity, we've seen things that can't be explained, we've seen the statistically utterly almost impossible, just highly improbable um, synchronicities, meaningful coincidences, things that have happened in our lives, the right person, the right place, things we can't explain at all. When we know the peace of that stillness and what it feels like inside. I had that experience years and years ago during part of my awakening where I said to to God, I love you, with not even being sure what I was saying it about because there's so many definitions of God, I wasn't even sure. To the universe, essentially. I scrolled down the page on a discussion forum, a picture is sitting there right in front of me of a galaxy, and it says, I love you too. There's no, what are the statistical chances of that? I took a snapshot at the time. It was on an old computer. It happened. It happened for real. We are not alone. And the sooner we figure that out, the more we will truly move forward together the more the kingdom of heaven will be real for us. And you know, this verse that talks about when people are insulting us, persecuting us, falsely saying evil things, they're the ones who are truly suffering. They're the ones who are in the dark. I mean, imagine, I can't even imagine anymore what it would be like to live without that knowing, with that seeing of the real world, not the world that the materialists have imagined it to be, because they are wrong. Even quantum science, quantum physics is proving them wrong. So there's much to say about that, too. There are miracles that are here in this world. There are healings that happen. I could go on and on about different things that I have personally observed, and I'm sure many of you have, too. They can't touch you. It can hurt. But the kingdom of heaven is right here. Great is your reward in heaven. Many people say, well, that's in the future. But didn't he just talk about the kingdom of heaven being here? You always project it into the future. But there's another area where he talks about it being here within you. It's right here. They can't take it away. I wish I could say that we could all be strong going through what some people in Afghanistan and in other parts of the world are going through right now. And even in this United States, some horrible things happen. People are being taken advantage of, dominated, enslaved, even today, and certainly in the past and in other parts of the world. I heard a story that in one region of Afghanistan, they're trying to fight back, 
and they're being told, you know, they're fighting for their very lives and for their families because they're being told by those they're fighting against that they are going to enslave, they'll kill the people who are fighting and enslave their families. That is happening in the world today. And everybody knows that human trafficking goes on in this world. We have not gotten beyond this domination of people, and it happens in more subtle ways too, but this notion of hating one another and lying about people. You know, when you don't tell a full truth about another group of people, when you try to characterize them with a false and misleading description or narrative, that too is simply lying about them. And it's a very dark thing to do. And we need to stop it as a society. You need to go below that and look for the peacemaking place and you will suddenly find that you can understand that there's some depth here. That this group of people went this direction because they have information that's there that maybe you don't have. Understanding is important. I can't go through a day without hearing any number of partially told things. Spinning, veiling the truth, telling just a small piece of it to harm other people and just to create division. That doesn't help us. It's not it doesn't take us to the space of the kingdom of heaven. But it doesn't matter if people are saying that about you and everybody's saying stuff about everybody. I mean, everybody, I don't care who you are out there, somebody's saying something bad about you. When you can find that oneness with the divine, you are essentially untouchable. You can hurt but you will have comfort that they don't have, and you can wish that they had it so that they would stop. It's not some ego contest. You want everybody to be in this space, because then who would we be? Wouldn't that be inheriting the earth as well? All kinds of miracles are possible. We're almost to the hour, but I am technically done with the Beatitudes, but I will continue um, just a little farther because I said that I would. This, This next part is called the salt and light area. Verse 13. Again, we're in Matthew 5. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Are you letting your light shine? It's not always easy, let me tell you. Coming in here 
doing what I'm doing right now, it it takes some courage. And I could be calling other places which are more visible than this or doing other types of teaching. It's a process. And I have at times in the past. In fact, probably when I've shared the most, I was in a forum, in a discussion forum, where we, we weren't even allowed to use our real names. And we tended to be more open then. And what was I doing? I was building bridges. And even then, I didn't see as much as I see now. And even now, I see imperfectly, of course. We're all growing. We may find ourselves in situations where we need to shine our light when people are behaving very badly, even violently and deceptively. The light reveals what's in the room. All we can do as imperfect people, and we're not always as courageous as we'd like to be. Of course we're not. We're human beings on a journey. Is to shine our light as much as we can. To be the best that we can be as much as we can. And when we lose our way to, re, to reorient ourselves and get back on the path and know where it is we want to be, When you can live life in that way, the kingdom of heaven does appear because it's love. What can we do to be aligned and compatible with the love with a capital L that surrounds us every day? And when we find a way to do that, our light will shine even when we think we don't know how to turn it on. People will see it in your eyes. They'll see it in what you do. You won't always be perfect, but it will come through more and more, and you will see it too. And you will know that you are on a path that feels right. And you'll know it. It happens in simple ways. It happens in larger ways. It happens in all kinds of ways. All we can do is do our best to be the light. Because deep down we know that that's what everyone is. They just don't know it. And wouldn't we love to help them figure that out? Thanks for being here, everyone, today. And I think I should be here live next week unless something comes up. I am getting closer to a move, yes. I'll keep you advised. And after I move, I may need to change the time of this broadcast. I am aware of that as well, and I haven't decided when that will be, but I will keep you all posted as to how things are changing. And I know most of you like to listen in the archive anyway, but I, it's hard to see. I can't really see anymore who listens live and who's in the archive. But however you're listening, I'm thankful that you're here. 
And I am going to continue to look at ways to expand the different ways you can listen to this broadcast. It is on iHeartRadio, by the way, in addition to Blog Talk Radio and in a couple of places. But I hope to get it into more. So, again, thank you. Um, Visit FrontierBeyondFear.com if you're curious about other shows. And I will see you next time. Be the light. Feel the love. That's it. Right there. (laughs) 